You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. This episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy post-game podcast. The Timberwolves fell to the LA Clippers on Wednesday at Target Center uh, by 11 points. This was a game that was, it was close. It was a really kind of a multiple possession Clippers lead for much of the of the contest, but it was a fun game. There was a lot of offense. It was very weird. It was the one game all year the Timberwolves, the offensive, the off- outside of maybe the opener against the Rockets, the offense clicked um, really across the board for the Wolves. The problem is the Clippers offense clicked even better and the Timberwolves simply could not stop the Clippers at all in this one. Um, so we're going to talk about all that. We're going to do the game flow as well as key takeaways in this one. The rotation shifted around a little bit, what some of the issues were for the Wolves and where they played well. And then we'll also do individual studs and duds all on the show today. Uh, first of all, though, off the top, thanks for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, as well as, of course, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's locked in. T-Wolves, don't forget the T. The conversation on Valley Sports North between Jim Peterson and um, Dave Benz reminds me to remind you that I did not select this Twitter handle. Would never have put a T in Locked on T-Wolves, but that is the handle that was chosen before I hosted the show. So there you go, at Locked on T-Wolves. And then also at B Beacon is my account on Twitter with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's talk game flow first. This was a fun game. Uh, there was a lot of scoring. We've seen a lot of kind of uh, slog, you know, games the Wolves have kind of slogged through, right? The two Pelicans game, the the two Pelicans games, the 93-91 Nuggets game last Saturday. There's been some slow, kind of ugly offensive basketball um, so far this season. Not not in this one. The, the final was 126-115. The Wolves, of course, the downside there is they gave up 126, but Minnesota actually shot the ball fairly well. The offense clicked. Um, this was just a fun game to watch. Um, early in the game, it, it was the Wolves had a little bit of a lead in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden the Clippers switched to playing zone. They obviously watched the tape of Monday's loss uh, to the Magic when Orlando busted out the zone middle of the second quarter, and the Wolves did not know how to handle it. Um, the Clippers went to it a couple times late in the first quarter and the Wolves just panicked. Uh, they missed a couple of easy open 12 footers from just inside the free throw line. They had a couple of turnovers, um, passed up some wide open jumpers. Jordan McLaughlin, Torian Prince, just completely disjointed. It was mostly the Wolves second unit that was on the floor at the time. Um, and LA went on a nine Oh run at the end of the first quarter. The Wolves didn't score in the final four minutes of the first. And that gave the Clippers a 27, 23 lead coming out of the first quarter. Um, the Wolves did exactly as Chris, Chris Finch said that they would uh, the other day in his media availability. I think that was on Tuesday with no D'Angelo Russell, of course, out with the sprained ankle. He talked about playing Ant being basically the first sub out and then staggering him in town. So when Towns comes out, Ant comes in. They went the first two minutes of the second quarter with neither Edwards or Towns on the floor, and they did okay with it. Ant came back in at about the 10-minute mark in the second quarter. 
and was super aggressive uh, with with Towns on the bench, resting and and was effective. The Wolves finally got Malik Beasley a, a made corner three. It was shot in rhythm. I think it was Ant maybe or maybe it was Towns from the free throw line. Kind of fired a pass. Yeah, it was Towns fired a pass to Beasley in the right corner. He hit a three in rhythm. Then he made one outside the arc, uh, kind of top of the key straightaway three. Um, and it it seemed like Beasley something finally clicked. And I don't know if it was because that catch and shoot happened to happen, had to happen so quickly that he didn't stop and think about it, but you could just kind of tell after he made that first corner three that he was, he was feeling it. And this was more like much more like the Malik Beasley that Wolves fans had seen previous to this season um, tonight than we've seen really at all so far this year. Um, So then Paul George started going off this, this started happening in the second quarter. It lasted really through the rest of the game just started making insane shots, uh, step back corner threes where he's, you know, got the ball 20 feet from the basket, takes a step, almost like a James Harden step back into the corner, doesn't step out of bounds, doesn't, you know, gets his feet behind the three point arc and knocks down contested threes that happened a couple of times. Um, and the Clippers ended up taking a 58 46 lead late in the first half before Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards combined to go on an eight, no run, just the two of them. There was an incredible defensive play by Edwards. Malik hit a three Edwards got a, an old fashioned three point play. And, um, and then I believe Beasley hit another three and that got the wolves at halftime to within just four points, but was a 12 point game because of the Beasley Edwards combined eight Oh run over the Clippers. It was just a four point game at halftime. Um, and, uh, it, it certainly felt like the Timberwolves were right in it. The Clippers came out of the locker room in the second half. I didn't talk about the starting lineup. We'll get into the rotation, but the Wolves started Josh Okogie in this game for the first time in a few games. Remember, he even had the DNPCD, didn't see the floor at all in the Bucks win last Wednesday. Um, and he was back in the starting lineup. So was Jaden McDaniels. Patrick Beverly was started in place of D'Angelo Russell. And that meant that Jared Vanderbilt was coming off the bench. Well, the Clippers stuck if it's a Zubats on a Kogi. Of course, their center guarding Josh Kogi because why not? A Kogi had a couple of bad misses early in the game. I don't think he scored at all in his first stint. He played the first six minutes of the game, didn't see the floor again in the first half. But a Kogi started the second half. And the Wolves went to him. He knocked down back-to-back threes, one from the corner, one uh, above the break, and then converted an old-fashioned three-point play, scored nine straight points himself uh, against the Clippers because Zubats was guarding him, and and Akogi got aggressive after he made his first three. And then, actually, the next time down, he had really an uncontested reverse layup. He found himself open on the baseline. I think it was a nice pass from Beverly, but just blew the layup. And that was about it for for Akogi. The problem was is that the defense disappeared and the Clippers scored right back. Every time Akogi scored, the Clippers scored um, and waste, the Wolves wasted Akogi's offensive burst that he had. Um, and then the third quarter, the Clippers just completely poured it on. They only had one missed shot in the first six minutes of the third quarter. They played half of a quarter and missed one shot. Um, just insane. By the end of the third quarter, the Clippers had only missed three shots total for the entire quarter. And of course, they dropped 45 points. The Wolves scored 34. It was their highest scoring quarter as well. Uh, but they were outscored 45-34 in the third quarter. Um, something about this was law of averages for the Wolves' three-point defense, right? They've been holding opponents below 30% from outside the arc so far this season, which was certainly not entirely sustainable. But this swung hard back the other way. The Clippers kind of pushed the lead to double digits. It hovered in the like nine to 12 point range for quite a while. Um, Jalen Noel got his first non-garbage time minutes. He came on with about three minutes left in the third quarter. And I thought this was interesting. He, we'll talk more about the rotation next segment, but he basically took Torian Prince's second half minutes um, from him in the rotation, 
which was a little curious because this was a game where the Wolves couldn't stop anybody. And yeah, they needed a score to keep up, but they weren't really having any problems scoring. Now, Torian Prince was, but the Wolves as an offensive unit weren't having too many problems scoring it. And the Wolves went with Noel anyway. Um, and it was the third quarter when they just could not contain on the perimeter. Jordan McLaughlin got roasted by Reggie Jackson. It seemed like five times in a row down the court. I don't know if that's actually true, but it had to have been close to that. Um, and as a whole, again, the Clippers missed three shots in the third. They built a 15-point lead going to the fourth quarter. To the Wolves' credit, they did not give up. They made a push. They got it down to uh, eight points with four and a half minutes left. They used a lineup with, and again, we'll talk more about this next segment, but Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin, excuse me, Jaden McDaniels, both on the floor at the same time, um, and then brought Malik Beasley back in the game. They got this thing down to eight with four and a half minutes left. And then as they were creeping closer, there were a couple of bad Patrick Beverly turnovers as an inbounder. One came after he got a technical um, the Clippers had just gotten a, a technical for defensive three seconds. The Wolves had pulled to, I think, within six. Then Beverly got a technical for slapping Luke Kennard's hand off of him as he was going to try and inbound. And then after they, after Paul George made the technical free throw, Beverly went to inbound the ball and threw it essentially right to Kennard. Kennard got his hands up, deflected it, stole the ball. The Clippers went down and scored. A couple of possessions later, Beverly was inbounding on the baseline under the basket, didn't find anybody open, and the Wolves didn't want to burn another timeout. He threw it out to the corner, and the back of Evita Zubats' hand, um, you know, he was doing the blind... Uh, basically contest the pass thing and it hit the back of his hand for another turnover. Uh, beside, and that, those turnovers, and then there was an Anthony Edwards kind of dribbled the ball off his foot. That basically sealed the deal. And the Wolves were hovering around that two to three possession mark with four or five minutes left and had a shot. Um, Anthony Edwards scored a little bit in the fourth quarter. Towns was solid throughout, but uh, they just couldn't get the stops. And then the turnovers reared their ugly head at the worst possible time towards the end of the game. So this ended up being an 11 point game. It was a little closer than that for much of it. But that third quarter is what did the Timberwolves in. It was a you know a four point game at halftime. It was a you know an eight point game midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, later, latter part of the fourth quarter. But unfortunately, it was just that third quarter that they could not recover from. Okay, what I want to do next is I want to do key takeaways from the game. Um, I have three for you, and then I want to hit individual studs and duds. But what are the biggest things we can take away from this game, uh, this 11-point this loss to the Clippers? We're going to hit that next. First, though, Let's talk about rockauto.com. This episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, Prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's also talk about BetOnline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from basketball to football, baseball postseason, which I guess just ended the other day, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, that's promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's hit key takeaways from this one. Um, so, number one, what do you do about Paul George? The Timberwolves actually did a pretty good job defensively overall. I know they gave up 126. And and to be clear, this was not the defensive effort we saw recently. Uh, this was not, this was probably their worst defensive effort start to finish. But the Clippers just shot the lights out of the ball. Um, they let's see, uh, 60.3% from the field, 60% from the field, 58.3% from three point range. If the Timberwolves didn't play defense at all, and these guys were just basically shooting wide open shots all game, that would still be a good number. And there's a decent number of these shots that were contested. This was just, um, I I guess one way to look at this is the Clippers are not going to shoot 60% on Friday and they're not going to shoot 58% from three on Friday. Reggie Jackson's not going to make seven of nine three-pointers. I promise you that. If Reggie Jackson should make seven threes on Friday, then I then I don't know. I, then, then he's then he's a completely different player than he's been his entire career and, and so far this season. Nicholas Batum was six of eight on three. Batum and Reggie Jackson combined to shoot 13 of 17 from beyond the arc. Could they do that in an empty gym? I, I don't even know. I, I don't think Reggie Jackson could. What was he shooting, like 21, 25% or something from three coming into this game? Um, but what do you do about Paul George? The Timberwolves tried Jade McDaniels on him. Uh, Josh Kogi picked up two early fouls in the game. They tried Jared Vanderbilt on him. I actually think Vando probably had the most success, which is a little surprising because he typically struggles a little when he's on an island on the perimeter. The lateral quickness isn't quite what McDaniels or Kogi has. But the size and the length of Vando, I think, bothered, and also the physicality bothered Paul George just a little. Now, I say that, but he finished with 32 points on 18 shots, four of eight on threes, eight assists. He did have eight turnovers though. And, I, and part of that was late, uh, late in the game. The Wolves really did give him a little bit more trouble than they had for the second and third quarter. Second and third quarter is when he did most of his damage. I don't think overall the Wolves defense was was all that atrocious in this game. There were certainly lapses. Um, and actually, this is my second takeaway. The first is, is what do you what do you do at some point, right? Paul George is making these shots. You got to tip your cap and say, okay, he's a top 10 player in the league for a reason and has been for a long time. Defensively, Again, not horrible, but the energy, the defensive energy and stick really waned as the game went on. We've seen a little bit of this recently um, where the defense is flying around, getting deflections, first, second quarter, third quarter, and then it just kind of goes away. And as the Clippers started to build a multi-possession lead, there just wasn't even even like late in the game, even Patrick Beverly wasn't always fighting through screens the way that we've typically seen him do. Um, Anthony Edwards was kind of, you know, he was kind of trailing guys around screens and not really fighting hard. And I'm not, it's certainly not anywhere near the level of where we've seen it in recent years. It's just a little disappointing when they start the game out so hot and then it just kind of, I don't know if guys are still getting their legs underneath them or, or whatever it might be, but it's almost like as the air starts to get sucked out of the building, the team's just kind of like, yeah, you know, hopefully they miss and then we'll get back on offense and we're probably going to lose this game anyway. And it just kind of felt like that was the attitude in the fourth quarter for a while. And, and it was just a little bit deflating. Of course, they still hung around um, because they did enough offensively late in the game, but the energy defensively waned. And of course that happens to be when the offense picked up and, and made this thing close when if the offensive defense could ever just fire at the same time and be successful at the same time, this would be a completely different story. Um, 
My last key takeaway is the rotation tweaks. And this is just, again, something to monitor, keep an eye on. Uh, Torian Prince had an awful first half stint. He played 10 minutes, and uh, which is a little bit longer, I think, than his stints usually are. And I think Chris Finch just wanted him to, 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 to get out of it, out of his struggle or, you know, shoot his way out of it or whatever. Zero points in 10 minutes and 0 of three shooting. He missed a couple of wide open mid-range jumpers or one mid-range jumper and one offensive rebound putback that he missed. He missed an open corner three as well. Um, I guess it wasn't open. It was a, it was more of a tough contested three, but he's, he's not shooting the ball well at all from the perimeter so far this season. And of course he had a career high on three point shooting percentage last year, looked great in preseason, just hasn't been there. Um, and was a minus seven and 10 minutes. He did not play at all in the second half, which is the first time this season he sat for an entire half and, uh, Jalen Noel got his minutes. You mentioned this earlier. It was a little bit ironic in the game where the Wolves need defense. Prince is allegedly supposed to be a, you know, a, a top flight defender. He's not, by the way, he's, he's more versatile of a defender and he is a better defender than Jalen Noel, but he's a little bit overrated in terms of what the metrics have said he's done for his career to this point defensively. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying he's not a valuable player. I'm just saying that he's a little bit overrated on that side of the ball. But he's still a better defender than Jalen Noel. The Wolves decided to go with Noel late in the third, early in the fourth, and he played okay. He made one bucket, had three assists in nine minutes, and uh, you know, wasn't as good defensively and and did get beat a couple of times. But I thought that was notable and interesting. Also, Josh Akogi started, played the first six minutes of the first quarter, sat the rest of the first half, played the first five minutes of the third quarter. Scored those quick nine points, sat the rest of the second half. So he only played 11 total minutes and somehow still got, well, not somehow. He got up eight shots because the Clippers wanted him to get up eight shots. Made 11 points, four of eight, shooting two of five outside the arc. You don't want Josh Kogi shooting five threes in 11 minutes. I mean, what what is that pace over the course of a game? That would be like uh, essentially 22 threes over the course of a game. If Kogi shot five threes every 11 minutes, obviously that wouldn't happen. But that's that's the rate at which Kogi was shooting threes, and the Wolves were, were happy keeping him off the court down the stretch. The Wolves tried going with Chris Finch, did this in the fourth. The Wolves actually made a, a, a good chunk of their comeback in the fourth was with Jared Vanderbilt at the four and Jade McDaniels at the three, which we haven't seen a ton of this season. I thought we'd see a lot more of it based on how um, Finch used those guys and how he used Juancho Hernan Gomez the latter part of last season. Uh, but we haven't seen a ton of it. It was effective in this game. And I'd like to see the two-man numbers with those guys on the court together so far this season. We'll take a look at that at NBA.com, uh, the advanced stats tomorrow on, on Thursday. Uh, but the Vando, the Vando, um, the, the Vando Jade McDaniels minutes together worked fairly well. And then the Wolves came back with Vanderbilt and Beasley. Uh, and they, well, actually, it, I should say, came back with McDaniels and Beasley, pulled Vanderbilt off the court down the stretch for Beasley's offense, which made sense. The Wolves were down a couple of possessions, so I would have done the same thing. Uh, but I'd like to see more of the McDaniels at the three, Vanderbilt at the four with Towns at the five lineups. Um, I, I think that's that's really intriguing. Um, and, and it's going to depend a little bit on the matchup, but it would not surprise me if we see a lot more of that um, on Friday against the Clippers. Now, of course, uh, the Wolves have tried that in terms of starting lineup, right? They did that a little bit at the start of games recently, but we haven't seen that as much in the fourth quarter down the stretch. And uh, I think that that's an effective combination um, that I'd like to continue to see more of moving forward. Next, what I want to do is I want to look at individual studs and duds um, and uh, and kind of key in on a couple of players who maybe flew into the radar but had good games and then just call it a couple of things that didn't go quite as planned in this game. Um, so we're going to do that here next. First, so let's talk about the title sponsor of today's show, and that, of course, is McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, 
knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's exactly what my family does. Sausage egg McMuffins anytime we travel in the morning. Um, late at night, it's McDoubles and fries. Fantastic. Any time of day, McDonald's is always the uh, the answer for something delicious and always available, really. So head on down to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. Did somebody say Lockdown Wolves watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, let's go ahead and talk uh, individual studs and duds from this one. So individual studs and duds. Um, I'm going to give Jared Vanderbilt the, I, this isn't, I guess really in any order, but Jared Vanderbilt definitely gets a stud for this one. 13 points, eight rebounds in 27 minutes, six of 13 shooting from the field. Um, he did attempt a three. It was a corner three when the wolves were trying to make a comeback late. And it was, I'm not going to say it was ill-advised because he was open and allegedly he's been working on those shots, but it wasn't necessarily the shot that Chris Finch wanted in the moment. Uh, he did have a nice three point play, made his only free throw attempt, uh, 13, eight an assist, only one turnover showed decent hands in this game. I think he only missed one or two, you know, close layups. And I don't believe he had any turnovers related to just dropping the ball or, or letting the ball go through his hands, which we saw quite a bit of last year. This was a good Vando game coming off the bench. Um, and again, like I said, a minute ago, last segment, it wouldn't surprise me if Vanderbilt gets a shot at starting at the four sliding McDaniels down to the three on Friday against the Clippers, because he did such really a, a, a good job against Paul George. Um, and I, I, I could definitely see Chris Finch going with that on Friday. Um, second stud for me is Carl Anthony Towns. Haven't talked about him much on the show so far today. He had a relatively quiet game, but he played well. And credit the Clippers for really bracketing him. We didn't talk about this earlier, um, but the, the Clippers really bracketed him defensively where they would put Nicholas Batum on him and then and then bracket him with the defender over the top if he got the ball in the catch with his back to the basket. And they aggressively double teamed him. Uh, the only way that he really got shots up was offensive rebounding, which he didn't do a lot of in this game, or threes on the perimeter. He shot the ball 16 times, eight of those attempts. So half of his shot attempts were threes, which is fine. He was taking what the defense was giving him. He made three of them. Um, but he, the Clippers did a, a fantastic job not allowing him to catch the ball in the post and survey the floor, get assists, um, or or score in a one-on-one situation. I think he only had maybe two buckets in the post, um, but just didn't get that many touches down there. 18 points, 11 rebounds, four steals, three assists for Towns, Six of 16 shooting, three of eight from the three-point line. He only attempted three free throws, but he made all of them. So a good all-around game for Cat. Three turnovers in 36 minutes. The Wolves just have to find more creative ways to get him the ball. I've said this several times over the past few days, and I think that this is partly a learning curve of the offense. Now, of course, with D'Lo out, there's, there's some more fluctuation of who's actually in the rotation. But Chris Finch's job is going to be to get Towns some more, some catches in more creative ways to allow him to score the basketball uh, with some, with, more frequency, not efficiency, because he's been super efficient this year. He was over 50% from the field and 50, he was exactly 50% from three before this game. He shot the ball really well and he's been super efficient. It's just, he hasn't gotten enough shot attempts up and that's not entirely Cat's fault. Um, so that'll be something to continue to keep an eye on. My third stud in this game, maybe a little bit of a surprise, Malik Beasley, 14 points off the bench, five of 12 shooting, two rebounds and assist and a steal, four of eight outside the arc. And he hit those two big threes in the first half and kind of got himself going. He hit one big three late. 
that was right when the Wolves were kind of starting to fall apart and Beasley wouldn't really let them go away. I thought he made some really smart passes in this game too. It would have been easy for him to keep jacking the ball up because he had been shooting the ball so well in this game and it was finally seemingly breaking out of a slump that has lasted for basically the whole season. Outside of that Nuggets game, he was miserable in the Wolves' other uh, five games coming into this one. But he made the right basketball play in most occasions. He wasn't great defensively, but he's hardly the only Timberwolves player that struggled defensively in this game. So I think Bees deserves a stud in this one. 14 points, two rebounds, and assists, four of eight outside the arc. And that's exactly what the Wolves need to see from him off the bench. They're going to need him to score um, a lot, especially if D'Angelo Russell misses any more time. Um, and, and so hopefully we, we see the same version of Malik Beasley on Friday. Uh, Patrick Beverly would have been a stud. He almost got a triple double in this game, 10 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, four of six shooting was actually really good in 31 minutes. So overextending him a little bit, uh, which is a little scary given his injury history. And also the fact he had a calf issue coming into the game, missed Monday's game was questionable for this one. But, uh, those two turnovers towards the end of the game were really costly. Um, and, and they were both just, they were both on inbounds plays, you know, the types of types of plays that you can't really let happen. It's a live ball turnover that allows the team to run really easily the other way because you're already basically down a man, the guy, Beverly, who's rebounding the ball, right? Or inbounding the ball, I should say. Um, just really bad passes and it kind of knocked him off the stud list, but overall a good performance from Patrick Beverly outside of, outside of those moments. And also the technical too, like you're making a comeback down two possessions with five minutes left. Don't get a dumb tactical for slapping somebody's hand out. And I get that you get the bad with the good with Patrick Beverly. It's just things like that uh, are, are tough. Um, it's hard for me to single out one individual dud. I guess Torian Prince would be the one, right? Uh, the 10 minutes, 0 of 3 shooting, bench to the second half. Um, it's got to be him. Jalen Noel, Josh Kogi were both okay in their stints, although Kogi kind of some of the same issues. Jordan McLaughlin played a little bit. I think mostly first half minutes of his 11 minutes. He played a little in the second half, was quiet. Uh, Nas Reed was very good, 11 points in 12 minutes off the bench, but he did the thing where he gets zero rebounds in 12 minutes. That's a bad habit that Nas had last year, first part of the season, where he rebounded better late. Um, but you just can't have, I know he's the backup center, but you can't have your backup center. Towns is on the floor for 36 minutes, he grabs 11 rebounds, he comes off the floor. The other 12 minutes, the Timberwolves center grabs zero rebounds. It's not something that can continue to happen. Um, and overall, Nas has been better. So I don't want to drag him too much for it, but wasn't. Uh, it's it's not what you want to see from your backup center in, in the rebounding column. So all things considered, uh, a good offensive performance, a disappointing defensive one, but there's some nights where Paul George is going to get 30 uh, or 32, I guess. Uh, now, there aren't very many nights when Reggie Jackson gets 29 on 18 shots and Nicholas Batum hits six threes and scores 20 points on you in, in the year 2021. Um, but uh, this was one of those nights. And and I it's hard for me to get too upset with the Timberwolves defense. There were lapses. You know, there were issues in this game, but this was not nearly the debacle um, that it was on Monday against the Magic. The Clippers are a good team that has struggled so far this season. They played well in this one. I don't think the Clippers are going to play this well on Friday. If the Timberwolves play exactly like they do tonight and the Clippers play like they like they like they typically do. This is a close one, you know, one, two possession game and the Timberwolves have a shot to win. So um, hopefully the the defense steps it up just a little bit and the offense continues to do what they did in this one. And the Wolves can ideally get Towns a little bit more involved as well. That'll go a long way towards a win. 
All right, we'll have a Friday show. We'll talk Wolves Clippers. We'll also kind of round up the week, take a peek ahead to next week, what's on tap for the Wolves. Uh, Look around the league, look at the standings, um, and then have some more fun with small sample size statistics. I guess the sample size is getting a little bit larger now, but we're still talking six, seven games. So uh, let's check in and see what the advanced stats look like. We'll do all that on Friday show. Be sure that you're that you're following or subscribed to the podcast. Thank you to those of you who are following uh, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. And if you don't want to see my face while you listen to the show, you can listen on any audio platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also, um, again, watch on YouTube and free and available everywhere. Follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. And uh, don't forget the T in Lockdown T-Wolves and also at Beacon with two Bs. Two E's CK yet. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening. Reminder that Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.